Hey everyone, welcome back to Money on a Mission. Today, we get to talk about the first and arguably the most important and most joyful step in allocating your money, and that is giving. With all the challenges money brings, how can we manage our finances in a way that aligns with our values? To answer this question, I've looked to mentors, books, and most importantly, the Bible. Join me as we seek to glorify God and love others in the way we manage our finances. This is Money on a Mission. All right, welcome back. So far in Money on a Mission, we've learned all about money, what it is, how we should be oriented towards it in our minds and in our hearts, the purpose of money, how to use it on the right mission. And then the last two weeks, we talked all about earning, how we should work, why we should work, some principles that we should apply within our work. Now, we finally get to put the money on a mission and put that money to work. This week is the week that we start taking the actionable steps towards managing your money well and putting it on a mission. So now we begin the step-by-step allocation of that money that we've earned. And step one is give. I get so, so excited about this topic. Giving is such a blessing, and we get to cover a ton of Bible verses today that tell us why we should give and answer a bunch of questions about our giving. So let's start at the beginning. Why should we give? In reading through the Bible, I found four reasons that are incredibly compelling as to why we should give. Reason number one, God commands us to give. He tells us in his word numerous times that we are to give. First off, Moses wrote in the law in Deuteronomy 16, 17, every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord your God that he has given you. And in Exodus 30, verse 14, everyone who is numbered in the census from 20 years old and upward shall give to the Lord's offering. So that tells us in the law, every person should give. And then Jesus echoed this in the gospels. Matthew 5, 42 says, Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse to the one who would borrow from you. And again in Luke 6, verse 30, Give to everyone who begs from you, and from the one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. So Jesus clearly tells us the same thing, that everyone is to give and not hold back. And then Paul also writes the same thing in his epistles. Romans 12, verse 13 says, Contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. All of these verses, in the law of Moses, in the gospel of Jesus, in the epistles of Paul, make it very clear, as not a suggestion or not a recommendation, but a command, give to everyone, give. We should be generous with our money. The law says everyone should give. Jesus says, do not hold back. And Paul writes, contribute to the needs of the saints. So there's reason number one, very simple. We should give because God's word tells us to give. And that's reason enough. If we stopped here and we didn't cover any other verses or have any other discussion, we already have enough reason to give. If God tells us to do it, we should do it. Period. But God tells us much more than this. He tells us that giving is right and it's good and that we'll be blessed for it. So let's move on to three other reasons that we should give. Reason number two is giving is good and right. Not only does God tell us to give, but he says it's good and it's right and we can find joy when we give. Psalm 37:21 says, "The wicked borrows but does not pay back, but the righteous is generous and gives." And Psalm 112 verses 5 and 9 say, "It is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice, 
He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. Proverbs 14.21 says, Whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner, but blessed is he who is generous to the poor. Proverbs 14.31 says, Whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honors him. Proverbs 21.26 says, All day long he craves and craves, but the righteous gives and does not hold back. Proverbs 31.20 says, The excellent wife opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. So these verses show us that the righteous man gives, the excellent woman gives, the one who gives honors God, and the one who gives is blessed. Again, this is reason enough by itself to give. Even if God didn't directly tell us to, we should want to because of what these verses show us. It is righteous, it is excellent, and it is honoring. And these things are far more important than the money that we have. And so to give them in exchange for that righteousness and excellence and honor should be reason enough for us to do it. And when we do, the Bible tells us that it will bring us a lot of joy. First Chronicles 29.9 says, Then the people rejoiced because they had given willingly, and with a whole heart they had offered freely to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced greatly. They gave their money away, and it caused them to rejoice. They didn't mourn the loss of their finances. They celebrated what they were able to do in giving it away. This is even backed by science and psychology. There are numerous studies out there that have shown the impacts of giving. They've found that giving activates the regions of the brain and release hormones that are associated with pleasure, connection, trust, and community, and happiness. In turn, they also found that this brain activity actually has a measurable increase on overall physical health as well. So not only is giving good and right, but it creates positive side effects in our emotions and even in our physical bodies. So there's two reasons to give. God tells us to, but even if he didn't, we would still want to because it's good, right, and even good for us. Okay, reason number three to give is because failing to give is wrong. It's wrong because first, it robs God of what is rightfully his. Malachi 3 verses 8 through 9 say, Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and in your contributions. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. We've already established that all money belongs to God, and he asks us to give from it. So if we don't do what he asks with what is already his, then we're stealing from God. And as we know from the Ten Commandments, which say, you shall not steal, failing to give is stealing, and stealing is a sin in the eyes of God. Also, when we fail to give, we open ourselves up to calamity rather than blessing. Proverbs 28.27 says, Whoever gives to the poor will not want, but he who hides his eyes will get many a curse. So whoever fails to give opens themselves up to many a curse. Okay, I don't know about you, but that sounds awful. Many a curse? Are you kidding? No, thank you. I would rather give and receive blessing than fail to give and receive that many a curse. Lastly, with regard to failing to give, if we don't give, we lose the ability to share God's love. 1 John 3.17 says, But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? It's one of my greatest desires to have the love of God abide in me, to remain steadfast in me. But if we see somebody in need and we don't give, This verse says that the love of God 
can't abide in us, or at least that doing so is evidence that the love of God doesn't abide in us. This isn't to say that God doesn't still love us or wouldn't love us even if we failed or failed to give. He loves all of his creation. But in order for that love to abide in us, and in order for us to show that that love is abiding in us, we need to walk in his ways and do as he asks us. And if we fail to do that by failing to give, then we're showing that he's not abiding in our hearts. So there's reason number three to give, because failing to give is wrong. It robs God and it hardens our hearts to the abiding of God's love. Okay, let's move back to a positive note for reason number four to give. Reason number four is when we give, the Bible says we will receive blessing in return. This appears several times throughout the Bible. Before we dig into verses though, remember what we talked about in the episode on blessing and provision. God can bless us with immeasurable and wonderful gifts but we still need to know that it all belongs to him. And just like we talked about in that episode, remember, this is not the prosperity gospel. We are not saying that you should give as a way to get more. We give first for those three reasons that we've already talked about. And if God chooses to give us blessing in return, so be it. We'll use it to be even more generous on the flip side. With that in mind, let's look at how incredible God's blessing is to those who give. Proverbs 11.24 says, One freely gives, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Proverbs 22.9 says, Whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed, for he shares his bread with the poor. So whoever gives continues to receive, and even more, and will be blessed. And then this is spoken again by Jesus in the gospel. Matthew 10.42 says, Whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Luke 6.35 says, But love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. So Jesus says that the one who gives freely will not lose his reward and that his reward will be great. How awesome is this? The rewards of God are so rich and fulfilling. And if we can receive just even a little bit of that through our giving, why would we not? We should be eager to give and support all the causes that God would ask us to support because he's good. He asks us to do it. It's good and right to do so. And he says he'll bless us in return when we do. Let's look at one more verse on this. Second Chronicles 9 verses 9 through 11 say, He who supplied seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Man, I love this. We've already established that when we give, we will be blessed. But this verse shows us that in the opposite direction, that when we are blessed, we can give even more. Not only will our giving be returned with blessing, but our blessing should be returned with giving. We will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. Remember Genesis 12 too, that we've talked about before? God tells Abraham, you shall be blessed so that you may be a blessing. This goes hand in hand with this verse, 2 Chronicles 9, 9-11. When we give, we will be blessed. And when we are blessed or enriched, we should be generous and give all the more. Okay, so what should we do? Malachi 3 verse 10, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. 
So here God says to us, I've told you that I will bless you for your giving, so try it out. If you don't believe me, then try giving. See if you don't feel good about it, feel closer to God through it, and feel blessed because of it. So there are four reasons to give. God tells us to give. It's good and right to give. It's wrong if we fail to give. And we are blessed in return when we give. I don't know about you, but I'm sold and I am all in on giving. Okay, so now let's dive into some of the specifics. We know why we should give. We're all eager to give. And let's learn how, when, and where. So the first question to ask here is, how should we give? And the answer is found clearly in scripture. We should give generously and freely. Deuteronomy 15.10 says, You shall give to him freely, and your heart shall not be grudging when you give to him. Because for this the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all that you undertake. Then 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7 says, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So we should not give because we feel like we have to, and we shouldn't make other people feel like they have to give either. There should be no guilt or compulsion associated with our giving. God loves a cheerful giver. We should do it out of the overflow of our heart because we know God has blessed us and we get to be a blessing in return. We know he has enriched us. We get to be generous in return. We should not feel any compulsion to do so, but we are free to do it generously and cheerfully. Okay, the second question then is, when or what should we give? Again, this is found clearly in the Bible, and the answer is, give our first and our best. Exodus twenty-two twenty-nine says, You shall not delay to offer from the fullness of your harvest and from the overflow of your presses. Exodus twenty-three nineteen says, The best of your first fruits of the ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. So we see just in Exodus, we should not delay, we should give our best and we should give our first. And then in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, the verse that we've read a few times before, honor the Lord with your wealth, but then it goes on to say, and with the first fruits of all your produce, the first fruits, the best and the first of all that you have. This is echoed in a few other verses. Deuteronomy 18, verse 4 says, the first fruits of your grain, of your wine and of your oil and of your fleece of your sheep, you shall give to him. And then Numbers 18, verse 12 says, all the best of the oil and all the best of the wine and of the grain, the first fruits of what they give to the Lord. Are you seeing a trend here? So we should not give the last of our earnings. We shouldn't spend our money and then give what's left. We should do the exact opposite. Anytime we receive or anytime we are blessed, we should give right away. Give the first dollar we make. So for me and our family, that means we give on the first of every month. At the beginning of the month, before we do anything else, before we save, before we spend, before we invest any money, we give because that's what God asks us to do. And there's so much joy in doing that, in knowing that our first priority is to give. And that's why this episode is step one of the allocation of our money. The first thing we should do before any of the other episodes that we're going to cover later is to give, give our first and our best. Okay, so we know how we should give, generously and freely. We know what and when we should give, our first and our best. So the next question we ask is, how much should we give? Just like the others, this one is also found very clearly in the Bible, and it tells us that we should tithe 10%. The first example, the precedent, if you will, is set by Abraham in Genesis 14, verse 20, which says, And Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of everything. This example is then followed by Jacob as well, who says to God in Genesis 28, 22, 
And of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. This is then echoed in the law in Leviticus 27 verse 30, which says, Every tithe of the land, whether of the seed or the land or the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. So Abraham gave a tenth, Jacob gave a tenth, and then Israel is commanded to give a tithe, which also means a tenth. And Israel obeyed this law, thus confirming it even more. 2 Chronicles 31.6 says, And they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. And the people of Israel and Judah, who lived in the cities of Judah, also brought in the tithe of the cattle and the sheep, and the tithe of the dedicated things that they had been dedicated to the Lord their God. So the Bible makes it pretty clear. We are directed to give, and in doing so, we are directed to give a tithe, a tenth, or 10% of all that we earn. Now, what does this look like for you? For me, I earn a monthly paycheck, so we give 10% of our gross income. That means before tax, before saving, it's 10% every month when that paycheck comes in. But there are other cases out there too. Some of you might have an irregular income, and there's a few options here. Give 10% right as it comes in, whether it's irregular or not, just when you receive a paycheck, immediately give 10%. Or maybe average it out to the expected income per month and give a regular 10% of that average. It really depends on your own situation, and I know income can be very different for different people, but the command here is clear. We should be giving 10%. You guys have heard me talk in earlier episodes about my mentor who really inspired me to dig into this, what the Bible says about money, and he gives an amazing example of this. In the crash of 2008, he completely lost his income, but God told him in the spirit to continue giving what he had done before. So even through three years of not receiving any paycheck, he continued to give the same amount, 10% of what he had been making before, because that's what he felt like God was leading him to do. You may or may not find yourself in that situation. This is just one example of listening to the Lord in your giving and making sure that we're doing all that we can to give. So find out what it means for you to tithe, whatever your income stream, whatever you have, what does that 10% look like? And when can you do it specifically as applied to your life? But in doing that, make sure you meet the intent of what God is asking here to give 10%. Okay, we've answered how, we've answered when, we've answered how much. Next question we should ask is, where should we give? And the Bible has an answer for this one too. Leviticus 19.10 and Leviticus 23.22 both say the same thing. And when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge, nor shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. So there's our first example of where we should give. Give to the poor and to the sojourner. The sojourner being a traveler or somebody who is in need as they pass through your land. Next, Leviticus 25.35 says, If your brother becomes poor and cannot maintain himself with you, you shall support him as though he were a stranger and a sojourner, and he shall live with you. So there's another example, give to our brother or a family member or neighbor or a countryman or anyone directly in contact with you who is in need. The next example we see is Deuteronomy 26, 13, which says, then you shall say before the Lord, your God, I have removed the sacred portions out of my house. And moreover, I have given it to the Levite, the sojourner, the fatherless and the widow, according to all your commandments that you have commanded me. So this passage tells us to give to the Levite, the fatherless, and the widow. The Levites were the tribe of Israel responsible for being the priestly body of the church. So then it meant literally give to the Levites. Today we can apply that to mean we should give to the priests, the pastors, the missionaries, the church staff, 
the people whose work it is to pastor and teach and take care of the church body. Next is the fatherless. This is pretty clear back then and today, the orphans or children who are in need. We should give to support them. And next is a widow. Widow is a wife who has lost their husband. And in the Old Testament, a woman was not able to provide for herself, so she deeply depended on her husband for provision. So this can be applied directly to mean someone who has lost their spouse or a single mom raising children on her own without the help and support of a husband, but can also be applied today to mean anyone who's lost their source of provision or who is vulnerable and in need of some help. Okay, the next example we find here is Nehemiah 10.32, which says, We also take on ourselves the obligation to give yearly a third part of a shekel for the service of the house of our God. We obligate ourselves to bring the first fruits of our ground and the first fruits of all the fruit of every tree year by year to the house of the Lord. And the same thing is found in Ezra 1 verse 4, which says, And let each survivor in whatever place he sojourns be assisted by the men of his place with silver and gold, with the goods and with beasts, besides freewill offerings for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. So in those two verses, we see that we should give to the house of the Lord or give to the church. We already covered giving to the priests, the pastors, the church staff, but it's also important that a portion of that giving go towards the upkeep of the church itself, the building, the parking lot, the playground, whatever that looks like or whatever need your church might have, that's important to give to as well. This can be different church by church, and this isn't saying that we need a huge fancy building in order to worship, but it is to say that giving in support of and providing some piece of what it takes to be able to worship, fellowship, and experience the presence of the Lord in a physical place is important as well. So there's a bunch of places we can give, so look around you and find ways to contribute to those needs. You can do this directly through somebody you know, maybe you know somebody in need and you can give to them, or indirectly through a charity which is set up to find and meet those needs. I think the first place that we should give, and at least in my family, the first place that we give is to our own church, where we go on Sunday, because the church is able to do so many things in both supporting our community, but also reaching out to other needs as well. But it shouldn't stop there. We should also give to other needs. And we like to do this in our family through a list of a few that we have found God calling us to support. For example, Children's Hope Chest is an organization that provides food and care for children in need. Mountain Gateway is an amazing organization which recruits, trains, sends, and supports missionaries around the world, leading people to Christ. The Exodus Road is an organization which works to free men and women and children from sex trafficking. Bible Study Fellowship is an organization which creates Bible study groups and provides curriculum to millions of believers around the world. These are just a few examples, and these are just ones that God has placed in our life, but God can place any number of charities in your life, any number of ways to give and to support these causes that the Bible tells us we should support. If you'd like to find links to these organizations that I mentioned, go to the website moneyonamissionpodcast.com and click the tab labeled Giving. You'll find all the links there to these ones, but again, look around you, pray, and see where God is leading you to give. And wherever he is, do it freely and generously and eagerly, because there's so much joy in doing it. All right, this has been a fun episode, because giving is fun. Giving is such a joy. We covered four reasons that we should give. God tells us to give. It's good and it's right to give. It's wrong if we fail to give. And we're blessed when we give. And then we moved on to answer four questions about the specifics of giving. We should give freely and generously. We should give of our first and our best. 
we should give one-tenth of all that we earn, and we should give to the causes that support the poor, the sojourner, the Levites, the church, the fatherless, and the widow. Remember, you have been blessed so that you may be a blessing, and you have been enriched in every way to be generous in every way. So go out there and give. For more for Money on a Mission, make sure to subscribe so you get the new episodes as we launch. Next time we get to dive into saving and then spending and then investing. Also, if you think it's worth it, add a review. A five-star rating really helps to boost the podcast so we can reach more people. Next, head to the website moneyonamissionpodcast.com where you can find links that we talked about for sources of giving and also show notes which have all the Bible verses that we covered today. Third, I'd love to engage with you on Instagram. My username is Ned Kingman. Like and comment, share it with your friends, and send me a direct message if you have a question about anything we talked about today. Finally, and most importantly, what I ask every time, please, please share this podcast. If you've gotten any value out of it so far, or you know anybody that could get any value out of it, please share it. Text this episode to a friend, hit the share button in your podcast app, or send them a link to the website. Let's work together to make sure that we can impact as many people as possible and change the way our generation manages money. I hope and I pray that you've been blessed through this episode, and I can't wait to see you next time. Until then, glorify God, love others, and always manage your money on a mission. Uh